Chatting to my dad one day, he told me about meeting an artist who had fascinated him with her approach to a completely blank canvas. She was standing in front of a six foot by six foot white square with her hands on her hips, head slightly to one side, seemingly contemplating where or what to begin. Scary stuff for most of us mere mortals. But five hours and a stack of spray cans later, the same blank white square had been miraculously transformed into a colourful explosion of abstract art, one that he would later recognise as having the unique signature style of today's guest, Jazz Stan, a.k.a. Jessica Arrowsmith Stanley. Since then, we've all got to know a lot more about Liverpool-based jazz and the amazing work she creates, transforming everything from a blank canvas to a plain wall to an entire room into an immersive piece of artwork you can completely lose yourself in. This is an artist who likes to just let her arm do the talking, but we can be pretty persuasive at one of the eight, and we're really pleased to say that Jazz eventually agreed to share her story and her inspirations with us on this episode. Enjoy. And that's when I realised, like, I don't kind of just want to paint or paint canvases, like, I want to create environments. I want to create immersive artworks where it's a moment for someone. I'm Jake Worley, and this is one of the eight bringing you the real-life stories of real-world people, the things they have achieved and the things that have inspired them. Hi guys, in today's episode of the 108 podcast, we have the chance to explore the mind of an incredibly gifted artist, an artist who's left her bright, colourful and striking mark across the globe, from big, bright, vibrant interiors to floral masterpieces on car park walls. Today's guest has also achieved what most people dream of, turning her passion into a business. So Jazz, welcome to the show. Oh, you've made me well up a little bit there. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) So can we start by finding out a little bit more about how you first got into art? Oh, see, I do get asked this quite a bit and I don't even really know how to answer it because I feel like it's been all like a bit of a fluke, really. Um, I mean, I've, I've painted all my life like most kind of children do. And then I just never really let go of it. Um, I studied um, in my foundation in Westminster in Wigan. And then I did my fine art mixed media degree in London, in Westminster. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always been there, really. And is it something that's existed in your family? Because I guess picking art up from a, a young age, normally we pick up the things when we're a child that we see around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's funny because they all like loads of them say that I've got it off them, but um, there's no there's no painters in my family. Apparently, my granddad was really good at painting. Um, my mum's really creative. She's the seamstress. She makes curtains and soft furnishings and things like that. So I think the creativity okay. is there. Yeah. And was there a was there one particular piece of art or some kind of moment when you were younger where you thought, yeah, okay, I'm actually pretty good at art. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a, a British thing that we're quite self-deprecating anyway, but even now I'm like, I'm all right, I suppose. But um, <laughs> I think I've, my, again, my parents have always been really encouraging and my mum would always put all of my artworks like on the fridge and stuff like that. I, I remember being on holiday once and I think I was like maybe 10 or 11 and I was designing this line of T-shirts and my mum was just going mad for them. And I remember that, like I could see she was genuinely impressed. And I think from then I was like, 
okay, maybe there's something there's something going on here. I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, that's lovely, love. Like there was a genuine like, oh wow, she can she can do something. Maybe it stemmed from that. I don't know. I guess that's always a classic thing, isn't it? As a child, if you, if something outside of the family verifies your skill, because your family will always say that what you do is amazing. But if you start okay. to see kind of some genuine reaction or people outside of the family, then you kind of figure out you're onto something. Yeah, that's it. Like these, re- these people have got no reason to lie to me. Maybe I'm okay. <laughs> so I'm curious to understand the mind of an artist like you. Because I'm pretty open about the fact to anyone that knows me that I kind of think in straight lines. I, okay. I exist in a world where two plus two equals four and there's not really much interpretation of that. Right. So when you're presented with a blank space to fill, how do the cogs start turning? Oh, okay. Um, see, again, this is an interesting one because I'm not entirely sure what happens. It's not like I see an image in my mind and then I create it. It's it's kind of, it's abstract to me as well. It's more like an instinct. Like I know what I want to do, but I don't see it or visualize it. And I was watching, um, oh, what's it called? On on Netflix, it's a documentary about artists. Um, Is it um, abstract? Yeah, that's the one. I thought it was that, but yeah, I fell out my head, did I? Um, yeah, so abstract on Netflix and um, one of one of the artists designs toys and she was saying that her, it's like her hand is an extension of her brain so okay. her mind knows what she wants to create but her hand makes it happen if that makes sense um, and I thought that's like the best way I've heard it described because it's exciting even for me like I don't I don't know when I start a wall what I'm doing or what it's going to look like by the end of it. So it's like a, it's an exciting surprise for me as well. <laughs> so you did a um, you did this incredible wall piece at the company where my dad works, and mm-hmm. I remember the time when you were doing it, and my dad was showing photos and kind of explaining what was going on, and he Your said that he went up. <laughs> he said he went up to you and said, "So you know, what's your plan? Have you got an idea for what you're going to do?" And you said to him, no, it'll just come to me, which <laughs> after the, after I saw the finished piece, I just thought, how is that possible that you, you've approached that wall with no idea how it's going to end up looking? Yeah, I, d- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know myself. It's a weird one. It's, it is. It's like there's something. Oh, it sounds cheesy, but there's something like in my soul and my head where I know I know what's going to happen and I know. It, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It is just like an instinct. Um, sometimes, and- sometimes I do. If it's if it's quite a strict brief or it's something I've done before, kind of like architectural things. Okay. That the, there's there's not as much room there, for kind of composition wise, because you have to kind of kind of fit it together like a jigsaw. Um, whereas something either that's more abstract or like a natural brief I kind of just let my arm kind of do the talking um, and use the movement to move the composition on okay and something I guess a little bit unique to you is that you do your work both indoors and out and does your approach change based on whether you're doing something indoor or out yeah I mean logistically um, because in this country you can never rely on the weather um, 
like the conditions I've had to paint in before, like with kind of carrier bags on the head and stuff. Because um, <laughs> and even like when I'm wearing glasses, like I can't see. Um, so yeah, where, where I, I painted the the space at your dad's work, I've never had the experience before where it was cold and wet. So it was raining, so all of the cans were wet, but they were freezing as well. So I was trying to paint with a glove on, but it was slippy. Um, and the wind was like blowing me off a ladder. So I had to kind of just use that. So when the when I would be like moved by the wind, I'd just have to let my hand go and like use that movement to um, in the piece, really. So it was like the weather was another, okay. another material in a sense. And um, how did you get into using spray paint? I'm not sure. I think that was just from kind of watching. It was it was a bit later on. So I used to use them to paint backgrounds and things to create like a soft, airy texture um, on the backgrounds of paintings and then do the detail and layering on top. And then it was when the exterior jobs started to come in, I was like, I need to learn how to use this <laughs> properly, really. Um, so then just experimented with the different caps and things. As soon as I started using fat caps and skinny caps rather than the standard caps, then I realized you can do detail and build up and create an image rather than just a background so but I'm still learning with that I'm still relatively new to using spray paint I, I'm, I'm hoping it didn't all originate from some uh, tagging property as a youth oh no <laughs> I'm too clumsy for that I'd, I'd get caught immediately no I've, I've never actually <laughs> done anything that wasn't commissioned so because people ask me that all the time I'm like oh, no I would fall off things and really hurt myself and get caught so yeah, it's never, it's never been on the agenda. I think after, after seeing your work, I think people would probably be quite pleased if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm, so, no, I'm not. I'm not sneaky enough. I'm pretty sure there'll be some of our listeners who will be wanting to know how you've managed to grow your passion into a business. So could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, again, it's, it has been a, a proper fluke. Like I have to print, pinch myself every day. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this has happened. Um, so I started initially. Oh, so what happened was I was going into teaching after I graduated. Um, so I was going to become an art teacher and I failed the maths test to get onto the PGCE. So after that kind of my whole world came crashing down, I was like, I've got no idea what to do. I'm not trained in anything, anything else. I've got no experience in anything else. Um, so I was selling custom made illustrations online on Etsy um, and through like social media and things, mostly just okay. people I know really. And then we were staying with my dad um, for a little while before we moved into our apartment. So we thought, well, now's the time to have a go at it while I'm not kind of paying rent and things. I'll give it a couple of months, see what happens. And then if not, I'll just kind of get a job somewhere else. And then after that, everything just kept snowballing really because I had all of my time to put into it. Um, and I thought I've only got this tiny window of time to make this work. Um, yeah, I just put everything into it and then just said, said yes to everything, really. Um, and then, yeah, the, that kind of small side of things got going. So that that paid the bills. To, um, so I did kind of custom wedding illustrations of people's wedding venues, people's houses, um, like paintings of people's pets, things like that. Um and then kind of things just got bigger and bigger. Um, I joined a couple of agencies and they got me 
so it was when I moved back up north that's when I kind of managed to do it full time um and then I got with an agency back in London when I moved up here funnily enough and then yeah kind of things just started growing and growing um but social media is your best friend because it's free and you can put yourself out there but I think you have to be willing to fully put yourself out there for it to work. And how much of it would you say was because of social media versus word of mouth? Um, mm, I do get a lot of people contacting me saying they've, their friends has recommended them or um, I think a lot of it is social media because even if somebody recommends you, they've immediately got a portfolio of work to go have a look at. If you've not got um, a decent social media where you're kind of constantly updating it and putting new things on there and a good variety of stuff on there, then even when people have been recommended to you, they've got nothing to see so much. And it's people just immediately scroll through on Instagram. It kind of seems like more effort for people to go on a website or something. Okay. That's the impression I'm getting anyway. Like, it's always people have found me through Instagram rather than have gone on my website or. So how long now have you been operating kind of as your own independent? Um, I think it's six years in August. Wow. Yeah. So I failed the test in, in August. Um. So, yeah, six years since then. Like, the first three years were really hard and it was kind of, slow going and it was um kind of very like feast or famine mostly famine kind of <laughs> kind of plowing through it but um yeah the last three years it's it's been steady and it's kind of it's I'm, re- I'm like obviously really really happy to be in this position I never thought I'd I'd get here really like you, you have to fight for it and so in the beginning in those first three years what was it that was getting you through it I got really good at not spending any money. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. I think I just always had faith it was going to work. There was kind of something in my heart like, you're going to do it. It's going to happen. And whenever I'd kind of get stressed or put it out into the universe that I was going to give up, like something would happen, like something would land in my lap. So like a kind of a sign that I had to carry on. Okay, so I guess you put a little bit of faith in the universe that it would kind of... 100%. Kinda, you go in. Yeah, even like all all the time, like it, when things come through, like I just say thank you out loud to the universe because <laughs> like my, my partner says to me, like, no, it's it's you. You work really hard. You have brought this all to yourself. But I do feel like there's something looking after me and making this happen for me. I sound nuts. But yeah, there's, yeah I, do feel, I do feel taken care of by the universe because there's some things that kind of click into place that I feel like I've had no control over or I've not um I've not gone and got myself so yeah I mean it's an interesting point you make because I'm forever having this debate with my mum because I'm very much of the school of you make your own look mm-hmm. and my mum kind of is similar to you in the sense you know she has a lot more faith in the universe and that you know that there is kind of a plan for you yeah so it's interesting to kind of see what people how they've got to the success they've got to, kind of which side of the argument they're on. I think if you're always grateful for your gifts or what goes on in your life and you do kind of think that way, it's like the secret of manifestation and stuff like that, isn't it? If 
if you are grateful and receptive to things, it is like they happen to you. Like when you're in a bad mood or you're having a bad day and things just keep on piling on and keep on happening, it kind of feels like there's something in that. Like you're yeah. attracting that because it's how, how you're feeling and how you are. Whereas when you are in a good mood, active, you, you're kind of up for it, stuff does land. But it could just be it could just be coincidence. Um or it could just again be me being British, not being like, No, I've done this, I've worked really hard. <laughs> I'm all right at this. It's like, no, I've been given this. The universe is good to me. I'm not sure. So in in putting your faith kind of in the universe moving forward, what are some of your ambitions as an artist and as a business? <laughs> um so please, universe, I would love <laughs> um I'm hoping to travel more when we when we okay. can. Yeah, I mean that it kind of it feels greedy because I have got everything I've ever wanted. So, kind of going forward, I would hope to be able to travel more. Um, yeah, like I was saying. And is that with work or just in general? Well, yeah, in general, but with with work, I think. Well, so I've had, I've had one international job, um, so far, and it was the most amazing experience. And I would love to, I would love to do that more kind of, I don't, yeah, just, just getting a real kick out of your work being on the other side of the world and like people getting pictures in front of it and kind of getting messages and stuff from people like across the globe is insane. That's insane. And I, I, I didn't think I'd be doing this anyway, Never mind, kind of being able to travel with it. So I would love to see because, so I work seven days a week, so to find the time to travel and live my life in general can be quite difficult because I find it really hard to say no to things because I love my job so much. So okay. I feel like the only way I'm going to see a lot of the world is if, if I get to do it through work. Just people's different cultures and different attitudes to art kind of can come through and that sort of be exciting to to work with people from different cultures because obviously that would translate through into work into the work. So that would be exciting. Yeah, I would love that, but I'm more than grateful to kind of be where I am anyway. And how did you end up, if you could talk a little bit more about doing a commission in Dubai? That's just bananas. Um, So so we've, because we've got a little bit of time on our hands, we've just been doing the travel video and even going through it now, like it's it's just baffling that that (laughs) happened. Like looking at it, I'm like, whoa, it's mad to think like a place like that exists, never mind... I got to go there and paint artwork there. It was mental. So um, the couple that hired me, um, John and Sophie, they, they're from Liverpool originally. And it's, it's just such a funny thing because it's something so small amounted into something so massive. So uh, John's, John's sister, Emily, she got a painted commission from me for their wedding. So like a little A3 Dubai and Liverpool cityscape with a little heart in the middle. I remember it because it was like really early days. And um, yeah, so they've had my work in their kitchen ever since. And then, so they followed my Instagram after, after they got that gift. And then because they've seen, I've started doing walls and stuff like that. When they got the keys for the business, they were like, we know who we want. And they wanted kind of a little slice of home with them as well. Um, so they, they 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 always wanted someone from Liverpool to come and do it, um, and then because obviously kind of she'd seen my work grow from the beginning, really, 
um yeah they got me over they're, they're the nicest couple as well like it, it couldn't have been a better experience because they made me so comfortable and and um, they gave me complete creative freedom with it um and the way they styled the rest of the salon it's just um oh, it's just insane like I haven't I haven't seen it finished when we when we left the site the walls were being built around us. So there was four existing walls, which we could paint before the work, the building work was happening. And then um, the guys were building the walls and we were painting them. It was that like to the wire to get it finished before wow. our flight home. Um, so yeah, there was like no ceiling. The flooring wasn't in, no furniture, no not, nothing. It was just like the walls that had just been built. So to see it all come together... And I painted like a merry-go-round in there. It's just the most surreal <laughs> thing. Uh, how many days was this? So we were originally meant to go out for. So me and my my partner came with me. So he um, painted some block colours for me while I was kind of um, doing the detail and things. So we were out there for. We were meant to be out there for two weeks, but then the week we got there, so we could do the four existing walls, and then they didn't the contract hadn't come through to do the rest of the building work. So we had to stay for an extra week. So I worked for a week, had a week to see Dubai, which was amazing. And then, um, and then the work could start again. And so we extended for a week and stayed for an extra. Yeah. So it was an extra week. So it was three weeks in the end. Wow. It was, I think we only could work for about 10 days because um, of the restrictions. Um. Yeah, so like, so say we'd go in in the morning and we'd paint one wall and the rest weren't built, so we'd have to like, co- like go and sit by the pool and wait for another wall to be built, and then we pop back. <laughs> yeah, it was mad, absolutely mad. No, not quite the same as a car park in Manchester. Not quite, a little bit warmer. Yeah, a little bit warmer. <laughs> um, but yeah, like every every experience is amazing. I learn something from every single thing, but I learn a lot. I learn a lot from that job. I mean, that's an incredible experience to have on your kind of commission CV. But in addition to that, some of the names you've worked with are pretty impressive. I mean, taking a look at your website, I see that you've worked with Disney, Instagram and Red Bull. I mean, you're starting to work with some pretty big names. Yeah. So, well, they're through the agency that I'm with in London, um, Creative Debuts. So they kind of obviously get the commission in and then they pick who they think would be um, appropriate for it. So for the for the Disney okay. commission, that was for Mickey's 90th birthday. And wow. a selection of artists got picked to design an artwork for um for his birthday, which like I've been a Disney freak all my life. So that was <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. And I think because I was I was so kind of stressed and kind of it needed to be perfect. And I <laughs> basically just was so stressed about the whole process like looking back I should have put the Disney tunes on I should have really enjoyed it just <laughs> thought about like me as a child think of but I, I was just that stressed because I was like no that mark needs to be perfect that needs to be there oh Mickey like, just, <laughs> like lost my mind about it but being at the show was just amazing I got to take my mom and like we had like these little um uh, Mickey mini had bands on and there was like photo booth and all that stuff. It was it was amazing. It was a it was a great experience. I had to, yeah, again, that was like a pinch me a pinch me moment. So do you do you pull from different artists or styles that inspire you in each piece? So it depends what the it depends what the brief is. Um I think I've always been quite influenced in um kind of 
pop art and typography and fragmentation that was kind of my starting point as how I'd put compositions together like everything would be quite fragmented and like pieced together again like a jigsaw um and then now as time's gone on because every brief is different um I kind of derive a lot of inspiration from kind of fashion interiors music and people's branding things like that color can drive it a lot um yeah, it it does depend on the client and the brief. And would you say you've got, I know artists are notoriously never happy with the finished products, <laughs> but would you say you've got a favourite project you've worked on? Um, Obviously Dubai and Pretty Wow because of the the experience and the work because they gave me so much freedom and I could have so much fun with it. They They just said, like, we want people to walk in and be like, whoa, we don't want it to be pretty. We don't want it to be cute. Like, we want it to be like impactful so that that I could just go nuts with so I'm really happy with the way that that turned out kind of most of the abstract stuff I've been working on I feel like that's more true to what I love and what I would choose to do so when people kind of pick an abstract brief that's that's my wheelhouse I think um so there's a few there's uh Perry's Cake House I did an abstract in there I love that I've done some domestic jobs recently um, a playroom and a bedroom in an abstract style, which I was really happy with the way that they turned out. I think because that's kind of like the way that I feel like the inside of my brain looks. Uh, do you do you have a go at your walls of your own house? So we've only we bought our apartment in December, and I said okay. strictly no, no, not doing any murals in the house because I'll be like sat watching TV, being like, oh, should I put that mark there, or like I'm never going to be kind of just content and done with it, but now that I've got time on my hands. So I've just started a new abstract collection. So there's paintings everywhere. I feel so sorry for me fella at the minute. There's, we can't move. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, so I've got about 25 canvases in a one bedroom apartment at the minute. And then oh, wow. um, I've decided I'm going to paint them all in the, up in the bedroom and then possibly a kind of more delicate one in the downstairs bathroom. So that's, that's changed quite quickly from no, nothing, not at all to... Yeah, maybe I'll just do a little one in the downstairs bathroom. Oh, well, yeah, I'll just do one more in the bedroom. So, yeah, the whole place is going to be covered by the end of it, I'm pretty sure. And is your partner from an artistic background himself as well? So my partner, Jack, he's a writer, um, which is amazingly handy because I am not that way inclined at all. So he helps me with all kinds of interviews and stuff like that. And he's also a videographer and photographer, also super handy. Um. Oh, wow. So yeah, we're we're both quite creative, so it's it's great to have someone that I can bounce ideas off, and um, we're we're a good team. Yeah, and I get the impression from a couple of Instagram posts I've seen that he's pretty supportive of you. Oh, massively, yeah, yeah, he is very supportive. Um, even in the last couple of days, because uh, there's because of all the uncertainty, and I don't know kind of when clients kind of cancel, and the bad news just keeps on coming, and then. It, it's obviously it's 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 scary to be self-employed anyway um so but he is he is very supportive and he's always got my back and he does make me believe that no matter what happens I can do it um there was there was one time where I was flapping because I only had seven hours to do a mural um to get back on the train from London to Liverpool and then I had another job the next day so it had to get finished that day and then because of it was like an exposed brick and the materials I was I had weren't working on the brick and I was getting really stressed 
And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he, and he just looked at me, went, just do it. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then blinked seven hours later, it was finished. So he knows exactly how to handle me as well. He knows how to kind of just like, kind of soothe and be like, you can do this or when to just give me the push that I need. So yeah, he's, he's brilliant. So one other thing I'd like to touch on is whether you think the city of Liverpool has influenced kind of your work and who you are, because I mean, a, a lot of famous artists, whether that be from film, music, paintings, have come from the city. And do you think it's played any influence in your life? Oh, hugely, hugely. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't here. I don't think. Um, so I tried to set up when I was living in London, and I was just having no luck whatsoever. Um, and as soon as I moved back here, everything just blossomed. It was like everyone wanted to support me. Everyone wanted to say yes. Everybody wanted me to achieve. Um, I had an, inc- an incredible amount of support. Um, yeah, especially with the lads from Independent Liverpool, like they gave, gave me the foot up I needed and the kind of promotion to, to get me off the ground. Like they um, gave me my first Liverpool mural commission. So, which was in the Baltic market, which was, a, which was massive, like because I hadn't done any okay. murals here before. They'd all been in London. And then after that, kind of everything exploded. So I feel like I owe a lot to them in particular. The the energy here and the people, like for for me, I know there's kind of a lot of speculation if you if you need to be like a tortured artist and um kind of you can feed on your anger or your upset and that can fight. I'm the opposite. I have to be happy and content and in a good place to create. So I think living here is really important to that, like there can be a couple of months where I don't see a soul if I'm in the studio, if I'm working from home. The only people I see is like the ladies in the post office posting my prints. So the fact that they're lovely and they're like, hiya, queen, and like give me the little pep in my step that I need (laughs) to get going. Um, Like without that, I wouldn't feel like, oh, cool, I've seen a lovely person today. Now I can make something good. I feel like I I need the people here to to keep me going. So... My final question for you, here on One of the Eight, we get each of our guests to tell us something that has inspired them. Usually it's a person or a moment or a film. So I'd like to know, Jazz, who or what has inspired you? Um, I feel like I should think a little bit more out the box for this, but um, there's an artist called Kristen Baker. And I remember when I was I was doing my art foundation um, and we went to London for, for a trip. We went to the Saatchi to see the Abstract America show. And she had these huge paintings on like perspex and glass. They were like stained glass windows in a way, but they were massive kind of abstract um, landscapes, but with momentum. So they'd be like of kind of like car crashes and planes and like, but it was all kind of fragmented. So it looked like shards of glass, but they were huge. And when you walked in there, it was like such such an impression and such a moment and that's when I realised like I don't kind of just want to paint or paint canvases like I want to create environments I want to create immersive artworks where it's a moment for someone or like you know when you when you wow. step into a bar and the whole place is transformed that feeling when you walk into somewhere I, I, that's, that's when I realised that's kind of what I wanted to create so that changed I just wanted to get bigger and bigger after that There are almost 8 billion people on our planet, and Jazz Starn is one of the eight. 
You can find out more about Jazz and the things that inspire her and get links to see the incredible and immersive work she creates online at oneoftheeight.com. Everyone has a story to share. Everyone has something to give. Everyone can inspire. One of the Eight is a movement of real-world people from across the globe sharing real-life stories, inspiring others, enriching lives, and giving something back. I am, you are, everyone is one of the eight. Now streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join the movement at oneoftheeight.com.